Hello, sports fans, and welcome back to episode 22 of Post Game Overtime. I am Will Collison, joined as always by Brandon Corby. Oh, Brandon, how we doing? Doing really good. We got a big, big weekend here of, of sports going on, so uh, we got lots to discuss here. And we got a huge weekend just overall for the PGO team. That we do, yeah. We have, sure do. Um, been off schedule for a little bit. I apologize for that. I have been uh, out of town um, in a play. Yeah, you have and... little Peter, little Peter Pan. And Brandon has actually also had to go out of town. He um, was speaking at the uh, G20 summit for the UN. So I don't know what that is. Maybe I'm dumb. I don't know what that is. You do- what? Come on. No, I actually don't. Oh, Brandon, that's like that. That's not. That's not well. It's it's just a world summit where all the world leaders go. The G20 summit for the UN. Oh, I thought you said P. Oh, Oh, sure you did. That's why I was so confused. I was like, "What are you talking about?" No, I genuinely because I was so confused. Um, Okay, allegedly I was doing that. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not going to confirm where my whereabouts were over the last week. Fair enough. You're part of the World Economic Forum. Um. So we, uh, like so I've been thing. in the hotel, so I apologize if the Wi-Fi connection's bad. I should be fine. My Wi-Fi times out every day. You staying in like a five-star hotel? Oh, far from it. Was it something like that? Uh, five-star minus a few stars. Minus four stars. <laughs> I think there's a star. Maybe half. Maybe half a star. I feel bad because I have to go down to the front desk every day and get a new Wi-Fi password. Nah, it's and just your I don't know if they're tra- Well, I don't know if they're tracking my Wi-Fi, but they just see me get a new Wi-Fi password, and then five seconds later, porn. And they see that you subscribed to Anna Kane's OnlyFans, or no? So we did do that. We did do that. Out of solidarity, because uh, Kane was hurt. So we wanted to support the name. Yeah, he got fucked pretty bad. That was Who, gruesome. Me or him? No, him. Well, me too. It was $20 and an awful subscription. Well, I literally told you that. You told me you told it to me way too late. Well, I tried. I tried. Well, not hard enough. I was, try- I was trying to look out for you. Uh, what do we want to open up with? We got a lot of news. We got, uh, not that we're big soccer fans, but we do have the World Cup starting, us being Canadians. Um, we have World the Canadian Cup. team in there for the first time in quite some time. Yeah, was it since 1986 uh, or 1987, something like that? Yeah, something like that. And the last time we were in, we actually did not score a goal in the entire tournament. Oh, that's not surprising. We We played four games, got shut out all four games, and... And went home without having scored a single goal. I don't think so, that'll happen uh, this year, though. I think Canada's got a, a really good team, and can they win the whole thing? No, I don't think so. Oh no, yeah, no, no. But at they all. can, but, they uh, can make some noise and keep this this uh, miracle run going for a little bit longer. I think. As as sad as this may sound, I think the goal is to score a goal. Like I think. Oh, almost a little bit like I uh, remember that Sweden coach in the World Juniors. Uh, Switzerland, yeah. Switzerland, yeah. Do you guys have pressure? 
pressure? I don't even know what that word is, pressure. We don't have pressure at all. He he was a oh, he was such an entertaining coach. But then he like the next year he led his team to get like the bronze medal. He's actually yeah. a legit as fuck coach. He's a good coach. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, he's not just a goof, but he's not like a Rex Ryan that's just like a loud, entertaining mouth. Like he sounds like a genuine good coach. And and yeah. actually he doesn't get talked about enough. Like in his interviews, it wasn't just him spouting garbage. Like he was kind of spitting some good facts that like like sound goofy, but you imagine him spinning it in a good way in a locker room chat. Like everyone goes like Yeah. In the interview he goes, Is that what you're gonna tell the players? He goes, Yes, that's that's exactly what I'm going to tell the players. And it's like well, no, I don't think he told him that exactly, but I do think there was probably an inspiring speech of like, listen, we weren't expected to be here. We have no pressure. Go out there and play the amazing game of hockey. Yeah. Which is good coach. Not yeah. the Belichick method, but... <laughs> Not the Urban Meyer method. Or the Kingsbury method. Or the Kingsbury method. How is um, our boy Cliff doing? How's Clifford? I don't How's Clifford know. the big red failure? Uh, but no, we're... We're gonna dive into that in uh, in a little bit. Let's dive There's... into it right now. Well, I was just gonna say, um, yeah, with with the World Cup, I mean, in, in Canada's in Group F with Belgium, Morocco, and Croatia, so they're like it's not like you know the the best of the best teams that they're they're up against in their their group, but they're teams that. Group. Yeah, it's it's a very solid group in Canada, unfortunately. Like Croatia usually makes it to at least the quarters, I think. Yeah, and Belgium's had could a could be way off, but I have a Croatian friend that's quite a know. good team as well. This yeah, yeah, they uh, that that's that's uh, that's a tough conference to be in, and you know you you gotta think I understand that they're the international side and that they do play around the world, but you have to imagine too. You think some of these teams. If you're the team Morocco, you're going to have a lot easier of a time adjusting to play in Qatar than if you're used to playing in, I don't know, like Langley, British Columbia. Like, where, where, do, where does the Canadian side practice out of? Probably BC, usually. Like, I know that's where the rugby side um, yeah, is I'm centered, honestly I think. Not even too sure. Like, usually a lot of those big training facilities are out, are out in British Columbia because they kind of have the best year-round weather out in Vancouver. Yeah, I was going to say, Vancouver makes the most sense. But you think about what the difference will be, whether it's, you know, playing on sea level, at, at that weather, a climate. Like, it's it's going to be a tough a tough trip for that Canadian team, um, aside from the games themselves. Yeah. No, literally. Um, yeah, and then I think probably the biggest news about the World Cup that just came out, um, or at least biggest news pertaining to us, I would say, they actually... Oh, that you're commentating the ago, semifinals? I wish. I didn't get back to my email. They, oh, damn. whatever that you want to call it, like the chair of the World Cup or whatever, they... Uh, Qatar said they're banning all beer sales at the World Cup stadiums. I saw that. So there will be no beer for sale, which I think has a lot of people pretty pissed off about it. Yeah. I wonder why. So, so did they offer an explanation? Was it a cultural thing? I'm not sure. I didn't like really even see a reasoning as like an exact reasoning for why. 
Um, I'm sticking on earthquake. Yeah, like there's, it was just kind of a last minute decision. Oh. Oh, and I guess one of their biggest sponsors was Budweiser. Really? Wow. So they pulled the rug out from them. Wow. Okay. Um. All right. So Canada plays their first game on Wednesday, I believe. Yeah. Wednesday against uh, Belgium at 11 a.m. Yeah, that's so who are be some of game. our favorites. Um, I mean, Brazil's always got a really good team. Um, Argentina, I mean, they've, they've got Messi, but I don't think they're going to be, uh, of course, England could surprise a lot of people this year. Same with um, Netherlands. They're always usually pretty good. So it's going to be interesting, though. From what I've been seeing, like, there's not a, like, clear-cut, like, favorite that most people think it will be. It seems like it's it's kind of open-ended where there's a lot of, uh... yeah. So... For what it's worth, I um this is as of November sixteen, the World Cup rankings for NBC Sport. Yeah. For what it's worth, um they have Brazil uh ranked number one. Okay. Which Argentina right. ranked number two. Ooh, Argentina is two, okay. France ranked number three. All right. This doesn't go well for Canada. Belgium is ranked number four. Jeez. England is five. Netherlands is six. And th this is going to be a tough division. So Belgium is ranked four. And um, uh, Croatia is ranked 12th. Which is to be expected, I think. Um, Morocco, however, is ranked 24th. I was going to say Morocco is Canada's best chance to not only score, but potentially win a game because i think they're all kind of on par with them yeah morocco is ranked 24th canada's ranked 23rd oh there we go so morocco so when when are we playing morocco i think that that's going to be the pgo game here we're going to bet huge on that game so yeah. um they play i think that's in the third match thir day. thursday december 1st Yes, that's when we play Morocco. Okay, so Thursday at 7 a.m., December 1. Should we do a yep. PGO live watch episode? I'm, I'm good, too. Yeah? I think I should be able to make that work. Obviously, it's still a little bit of ways away, but... Okay, let's talk about that. Let's, let's maybe do that, because that'd be fun. Yeah, I'm Support down. Support the Team Canada boys. What do you say? Yeah, let's give it a go. We'll put huge money on that game. Oh yeah. Speaking of huge money, we had a PGO parlay last week for anyone that follows us on Instagram and Twitter. Fun fact, it did not hit. Spoiler oh. alert. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? That's really rare for us too. Usually they hit. Well, and the thing is though, is um 
probably the two safest locks that were on it were the ones that flopped. The Cowboys beating the Packers and then the Eagles beating the um, Commanders on the Monday night game. And both of those fell. Whenever it's Heineke, you got to expect that he's bringing home the dog. I mean, yeah. Funny thing about that, though, the Eagles lose. Okay, so they finally lose their first game. Everyone knew they weren't going to go undefeated. Like, not going to happen. They're still 8-1. Mm-hmm. So many Eagles fans are just, like, looking at any excuse. They can't just be like, hey, okay, you know, we lost a game. It happens. It's, oh, the refs were trying to hand the game to Washington and yada, yada, yada. And, like, they're just trying yeah. to come up with every excuse possible. And it's like, you guys lost. Like, and people are complaining. I don't know if you saw it near the end where Heineke took a knee and then um, he got hit. Mm. He took a knee no, and I then guy grabbed him and slammed him down. And then that turned into a roughing the yeah. passer, which... Naturally. An automatic first down, which is, is what sealed the game for... Um, no, is, yeah. and now and now people are complaining but like that's the rules just because it's a close game you can't be like well we're not gonna call yeah. it because like no wait that, yeah. that the game's a game um no that's that's a shame that they're doing that about it and then to end the game so then uh there was only like two seconds left because washington was stupid and heineke took a knee when he shouldn't have um mm. so then they ended up punting and there was a guy on Twitter that had a, a, a huge, like, massive parlay going. And the last um, leg of his parlay was, I think, Devontae Smith need to have over 40 receiving yards. Or something like that. Yeah, because, yeah, Washington punted it. So then the Eagles had literally one play to try and do. So the ball gets thrown to Smith. And he's already got over these 40 receiving yards, but he um, instead, once he caught it, he lateraled it back, because you know, trying to move it around. And he missed his guy, and then Washington actually recovered that for a touchdown, which dropped Smith's receiving yards down to 39. Um, no! So Buddy buddy had the parlay. I think he put like $100 on it, and it was to win like 40 grand or something. No! And then Smith throws it back and gets recovered in the end zone. So he actually gets negative receiving yards on the play, which dropped him down below the, the over-under. Well, that's how terrorists are created, folks. Say, I remember reading that, like seeing the post about it, and the guy like posted it before the game. He was like super hyped, and I was like, damn. Like, he, he had it. That's brutal. Did you see a guy? It's a little less, but a guy won... Um... I think it was five thousand dollars on a twenty-five dollar bet because he guessed the Nets Cavaliers game exactly. Really? Yeah. Holy shit! He guessed it exactly, and it was like there's a video that's, of him that's filming it. Like that's the toughest yeah, and sport to pick the correct score. Yeah, he was off by two at the very end, and they and one guy had two free throws, and you literally like he's recording it, and you see the phone shaking. He's so excited. And he Anybody goes, hit if they these two free throws and Cavs don't get a point, I, 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 I win, I win $5,000. And they hit the first three throw and he goes, okay, one more, one more. And they hit the second and he goes, okay, Cavs can't score, Cavs can't score. And you're like, they, they bring it up, they shoot it. And like the phone goes still all of a sudden, bings off the rim and you just 
hear him lose his mind. Holy shit. That's wild. Okay. Yeah. Should we... Uh, okay, so let's hop uh, into NFL here. Should we talk about the Kingsbury method? We can. How's Clifford the Big Red Failure doing? Clifford the Big They beat the Rams. That's impressive. So the thing that bugs me, right? Because I'm a huge Cardinals fan. However, no, what? They no, also, you I'm know. also one of the first to admit that they have a very toxic fan. Well, not very. Like there's, there's, I would say at least ten percent of the fan base is quite toxic. And then, and uh, like again, I've I've tweeted this out. Still don't know why Kyler Murray's like the most hated guy in the league. But so because he's a pro Fortnite gamer. See, but again, people are just mad that he can still be good at video games while making 40 mil a year to play in the NFL. And then he can still go online and just light up these dudes who play um, COD for a living. But, um, so they did win. Colt McCoy was the starting quarterback. He looked really good. Um, Wait, so it was Kyler out? Yeah, he was out with a hamstring injury. Oh, do you think it's because he was like his game it was, like was at the wrong angle or something? Like, do you think he was like trying to like clutch out like like a victory, like a like a battle, like a battle royale? Was he trying to get a battle royale? Was he getting a battle royale on his Minecraft server? You just have a stroke there. Yeah, I think I might have. Um, no, and and see, but so McCoy plays the Cardinals win, and everyone's like, "Oh, Colts got to be the the star there." It's like, okay, well. The Rams were also playing with fucking, um, what's his name? John Wolford. So it was, it was, it was a battle of the backup QBs. Mm. James Conner had, had a really solid game. Didn't put up a lot of yards, but he, he made the big plays when he had to. Yeah. Um, but it was also, because a lot of people will look at any reason to hate on Murray for anything. But watching the game, the Kingsbury method was completely changed. Like, it wasn't all these high, like, in, in air quotes, high IQ plays that Cliff was trying to advise. He just kept it nice and simple. And So you're saying that's what he should good. do with Kyler? It, it's exactly what he should do. But with, with Kyler, he tries to do too much. He tries to overcoach. Instead of just keeping things nice and nice and simple like he did, um, yeah, I mean Rams defense was was terrible. Um, Aaron Donald was non-existent like that game, which was huge because usually is a pretty big X factor for that team. Yeah, um, Cooper Especially Cup ended up getting like the Cardinals. Oh, the Cardinals have an abysmal O line. It was four backups. Oh, I know. Um, they have since before they drafted Kyler Murray when they bailed yeah. on Josh Rosen, and they're like, "Well, we got this first round quarterback instead of protecting him. Let's just get a guy we don't have to protect." Yeah. And then another another thing with that game is the Cardinals' defense was phenomenal that game, especially. Um, and, and this just goes back to what I've said before about the Rams when I wasn't high on them. It's completely, 
If Cooper Cup has a great game, they probably win. If Cooper Cup doesn't ball out for 100-plus yards and two touchdowns, they don't win. Cooper Cup ended the game. He did get injured, but it was near the latter half of the game. So mm-hmm. he had lots of time to put on. He ended the game with three receptions for negative one yard. Wow. So he was completely shut down. Again, probably a lot of part of that has to do with Matthew Stafford wasn't playing because mm-hmm. Stafford, it, it, the story of his career, he picks one receiver and that's his guy. And then you really don't need other big pieces because he's only going to use that one guy. Yeah. Um, but no, that was a huge win for the Cardinals. It keeps them kind of in the playoff race. That lost there for the Rams kind of, I mean, it's not looking good. They're three and six right now. Do the do the Rams yeah. miss the playoffs now? I think they do. Think they it's and not only that, they don't have a first round pick year. for the next five years or whatever. I think for the next decade. Like the Rams legit might have been like that one year hit where they win, and now they could be shit for the next like ten years or so. But I think McVeigh almost even alluded to that. Like that was kind of yeah. their they well, sold Aaron, their soul to win the ring now. Yeah. Well, and Aaron Donald was going to retire after last season. He only came back because he wanted to run it back one more time with the guys. But if they're going to be a bottom team in the league, I don't think he's going to stick around. I think he's just going to call it. And then. Really? Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised because he's Aaron Donald's already said after they won that. Super Bowl, he said he's accomplished everything he possibly could in a career. Yeah. So then at that point, why not just ride off into the sunset and enjoy your health? you know, time with your family, your health and, and whatnot? Why continue to play just for fun and risk, you know, getting seriously injured as you age and then you're looking at a completely different life than if you just walked yeah. away when you're at the top and you've got nothing left to prove. Yeah, and you know, and those guys do walk away with 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 wrecked hips and wrecked knees. So yeah, for him to want to get out of there at the time he does, I respect that. Yeah, and you know, he's a guy who's got a lot of pride. I don't think he wants to be like a a journeyman and you know plays till he's high thirties and whatnot until he's just kind of an average guy on the team, maybe playing half a game or something. Like he I think do. he wants to go out on top. No, don't even, don't even. Don't even. No J.J. Watt slander. Have you been watching the Hard Knocks for the Cardinals? I haven't seen any of it yet. No. Neither have I. I just watched I'm Tyler getting Mary's to it, Twitter though. Stream. It doesn't even stream. Yeah, yeah, Fortnite. We're about to get down, get down. Ten top boards on the kills right now. And just wiped up Tomato Town. Okay. Uh, no, I'm genuinely curious. Why, why is he so hated? You know, I, I, you people, know, really? I think people hate him on the fact that they wish that they could have that life. Because you know, be able no. to play play video games and and be one of the best there is, but then still being able to play pro sports and make millions, like. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's what I'll say. Look at someone like, like a, a similar style, like a running quarterback. Like a Mahomes or um, a Josh Allen or a Lamar Jackson, right? Yep. Think about their accolades and their success and how it extends. Like, it's, it's easily 
like it's not really a question that Mahomes and Josh Allen are better quarterbacks than Murray. Yeah, that's fair to say. I think the reason he's hated is I think maybe there's a theory or an idea that Murray could be a much better quarterback. Like it's but again, one of those things. Of it's like, all those yeah, people. Like I said, do they don't watch. They don't watch Cardinals games though, because if they did, they would see that it's it's all in the play calling and the fact that Murray doesn't have a a fucking O-line. Like, I've watched Eagles games where Jalen Hurts can literally sit in the pocket and he's got, like, six seconds to just analyze the field okay. and then make a decision. Murray's got Fair. maybe two seconds. And then he's either yeah. has to throw it or he's running. But look at all the years where Brady gets it out of the pocket so quickly and the stats where he only ha- well, is holding you can't, the ball you can't for, like, compare, You can't compare any no, quarterback in the league to just, Brady, though. Just hear me out. Hear what I'm Brady's saying. Brady's on his hear own me. level. Hear what I'm saying. Murray does... I have watched Cardinals games. Murray doesn't push the quick throws. He tries to sit in the pocket or immediately breaks the pocket. He doesn't sit in the pocket because... In, this is no fault of his own, but I think sometimes because of his height, it will get like he almost can't see out of the pocket. Oh, 100%. The yeah. second he drops back, he's rolling out. And you saw he this needs a good O line, though, to help ago. with that. No, so here's the issue, though. The way, like in O line, you can't protect a quarterback if he's running around because there's no pocket for you but to he... establish and create. You think about the edges of the O line. They're not just holding their guys in place. They're pushing them out to the edges and literally forming a pocket around the QB. That's why the pocket exists. So but a guy if always Cutter's going to break the pocket immediately, all that defender has to do is turn around and chase him. And the O-line has no way to defend that except risk a holding call. Because now you're having to, to hook or hold the defender. He has to break the pocket because a guy gets through every time. But then you need to get the ball out of there quicker. Yeah. Which I th- is, is, is what he tries to do a lot because he has to scramble and then try to throw. And he makes a lot of big plays doing that, but sometimes there's literally a play that, I, that can be made. I remember distinctly, so. like three years ago, against the Texans, um, when Deshaun Watson went on a bit of a run with the Texans in the playoffs, it was Josh Allen's first playoff appearance for the Bills. And I think it was OT or late in the fourth quarter. And Josh Allen and everyone, like the next day, everyone talked about how much it, I think we were still on the radio at this time. Cause I remember talking about how much of a rookie we he were, looked yeah. like out there. Yeah. Cause every play he would immediately get the ball and then turn and leave the pocket. Mm-hmm. And I think that was nerves. I think you still see Kyler Murray do this. I think, and not on all plays, but there are plays where he doesn't even start in the pockets. The second he gets the snap, he's rolling out to a side, but he doesn't have his first look established yet. But again, that's all, a lot of that comes to, to play calling, because that's a set play that they do. Fair enough. Fair enough. So and that's why I, I do. Kingsbury? Yeah. I really I like Cliff. Right, I think he decided. has enormous potential. But he's just—he's so—he's so—he's so stuck in his ways. He's so stuck in his ways that he refuses to either just be the coach offense corner. He wants to do it all, and he refuses to own up to any faults that he makes. And and we've seen that. We've seen the frustration from quite a few players on the Cardinals this year with him. And then, but Cliff won't own up to it. He'll just be like, "Well, 
we'll do the same thing next week and maybe maybe it'll work out. It's like fuck, dude. But anyways, that's why I'm really excited to watch this this hard knocks that they're doing. Because I would be kind of interested to see some of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes that we don't get to see. So it was fair enough. Um kind of on that point. So the Colonels are playing the 49ers this week. Yeah, that's the the Monday game, the the game in Mexico. Yeah. So it was alluded to a while ago, but it's kind of come out more and more now now that Julian Edelman has a podcast. Yep. But you know how Jimmy G has always kind of struggled um establishing a presence in San Fran? Hmm. You know what I mean? Like it never really feels like he's their guy. Mm-hmm. Even though he's like proven he's to always, be, <laughs> but he's proven to be. But he always feels like a placeholder quarterback. Remember, yeah, like he took exactly. him to the Super Bowl in the next year. They were looking for a new quarterback, and they were very open about that. Yeah, he, he almost just won him a damn Super Bowl. The Forty ers just got too cocky, and they let yeah, the Chiefs back into like, it. He had him a Super Bowl one for him, but mm-hmm, then yeah, you're right. Like, Immediately, it was looking to move on from him. Yeah, and, and then with Trey Lance, it was like Trey Lance came in and kind of turned out to be a bust. Uh, I wouldn't... It's tough to say with him, because he finally got the starting gig, but then got injured. But right now, oh, it's, it's not looking good. Yeah, but... So, I think I realize why maybe Jimmy G could be an issue in the locker room. So, remember when Brissett came in for the Patriots? The year Brady was suspended for the four games because they played the first two games and the third game Garoppolo got injured. An unfair four game suspension, I might add. I agree. <laughs> Should have been 11 like Deshaun Watson. No. Um, but so remember, um, Jacoby Brissett came in for the fourth game. Yeah. Edelman has kind of alluded that. Um, there was some anger in the locker room that Garoppolo sat out that game. Yeah. Because he had um, hurt his shoulder, but it was on his non-throwing arm. Yeah. And, uh, and he had said, then recently in a podcast, he was talking about, I guess that week, like Jacoby Brissett played through like a torn ligament in his thumb. Okay. Yet Garoppolo sat out with a hurt, non-throwing shoulder. Hmm. And uh, Edelman said that there was quite a lot of issues in the locker room around that. And I just wonder if it's one of those things that has always kind of had him struggle to establish himself as a quarterback. Maybe that mentality. Because you saw that a little bit with Big Ben. Sometimes not not as much the injury thing because he was notorious for icing through injuries. But... um you know, maybe that kind of Madonna, prima donna, um, diva-ish mindset, right? You know, the the yeah. stereotypical classic QB thing that sometimes alienates themselves from the locker room. And I wonder if that's a reason Garoppolo has always struggled. Yeah, and it, it very well could be. And that's the thing with sports is like, there's so much shit that goes on behind the scenes that people don't know about. And people a lot of stuff people never find out about it. It remains hidden forever. Um, but that, that's a very good point right there, actually. Yeah. 
All right. Should we? Um, should, are there any standout games you want to talk about for Week Eleven here? Or should we hop right into building our PGO parlay? I mean, you know, I'm just kind of looking over. Um, oh, actually, one thing I wanted to say because I just found this out the other day, and I thought I thought it was very interesting. So the Denver Broncos right now are three and six, right? Yes. If the Broncos scored exactly 18 points in regulation of every game this season, guess what the record would be? What? If they just scored 18 points, they would be eight and one. Oh, fuck. So, so their offense is the issue is what you're saying. Yeah. And the Broncos last year with Drew Locke, at quarterback, they were averaging 20 points per game. Now what are they averaging? Um, let me see here. Point. They're averaging 14.6 points per game. That's the lowest in the entire league. So what else is missing? Like, it can't just be Russ. And they've got their defenses averaging 16.6 points per game, and that's best in the league. So they've got the best defense in the league in terms of points allowed and the worst offense in terms of points for. So do you think this is almost a little bit like almost a a two-play here? Because we saw that Brady, his first year with the um, Bucs, he did struggle at the start of the season. There was a preseason struggle, but Brady's always been kind of had a reputation for being a very locker room oriented guy. Yeah. I wonder Russ, a little bit like a Jimmy Garoppolo, he has a reputation for not being a locker room guy. Yeah. No, it's very clear when his teammates can't fucking reach out to him at their own leisure. Exactly. So I wonder if kind of that new team learning the new playbook, Growing Pains, gets accentuated by the fact that the quarterback doesn't have a good relationship with his team. Yeah. And I wonder if in those situations, sometimes almost a younger quarterback like a Drew Locke is better in those cases because there's less of a uh, an, ego, an ego drive in that offense. Well, and that's the thing. Like, you almost kind of got to wonder. Um, like, Wilson was the guy in Seattle for years. He's he's got his his ring already and whatnot. I just wonder if he came into Denver just like so arrogant and just like I mean arrogance kind of just the best way to like he he thinks he's like the big dog now and it's his team and it just doesn't seem like he I don't know. It's it's weird, honestly, because the Broncos offense should be good. Yeah. And and this might get controversial because you know there are clear standouts in the league, right? Patrick Mahomes is a better quarterback than I'm trying to think of someone um, who sucks right now. Marcus Mariota has been sucking lately. It's kind of sad to see. But you you get what I'm saying, right? Like, obviously there's clear standouts, but you got to think in, in a league like the NFL where there's only 32 starting quarterbacks. Well, how many quarterbacks are there in America? Hundred thousand, do you think? Yeah. So we're talking about the maybe top maybe a little 32. bit under. 
Okay, so let's say 50,000. Yeah, we'll go with that. We're talking about the top 32. Obviously, yeah. the top five are better than the, the rest, right? Like, obviously... Like it's not even the top half a percent. Like, that's the top, like, 0.1% so, of quarterbacks so, in the country. Exactly. So, when you get that high, obviously, yes, skill does come into play. But I wonder if there, if it becomes then about the non-tangibles. Like, then it becomes how well can you gel with a locker room? Because what separates the 32 quarterbacks? Again, obviously there is skill. But I wonder is, you know, they always talk about, oh, well, this quarterback has a better team around him. Well, this quarterback has a better team around him. Like, we're seeing that this year with, with Aaron Rodgers. And I just wonder if, you know, when you're a Russell Wilson, like, you're, you're an amazing quarterback, but are you good enough to not be cohesive with your team and still win a game? Like, I think is what makes Mahomes and Brady and Allen so well. Like, those guys, they all get tremendous praise from their team. Like, no one dislikes Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, Who dislikes even... Patrick Mahomes? No one that I've heard. And like you said, yeah, there was um, uh, Tristan Wirfs. I, I believe it was during his rookie year, or it could have even been his second year in the league. He was doing an interview, and he talked about how um, uh, like how, how he didn't have Tom Brady's number and whatnot and didn't like text him and whatnot. So then like, the, like right after that is, is aired... Tristan Wirfs gets a text and it says it was something like, oh, we're this company. Like, we're just reaching out to you about your car insurance or something like that. And then it was just oh, kidding. Yeah. It's your it's your favorite QB here. And I was like, Tom Brady's yeah. like Tristan Wirfs is half the age of Tom Brady. Yet Brady texts him like he's one of the boys like Brady's a, like a frat boy or whatever. Like, just having fun. Like he Brady knows how to connect with his teammates and make them feel welcome and, and create that sense of like brotherhood between them. Exactly. And I think it doesn't get talked about, especially now that he's older, but I remember, you know, I, I lived in new England for a while. Like I've been following Tom Brady all my life. You know, there were, there were some, like, especially like 2008 when it was like mid mid career Tom Brady, when he was the golden child, but wasn't the old, yeah, you know what I mean? That's sad when you say 2008 and it's mid-career for Tom Brady. He's a fucking stud. Well, technically 2010 would be mid-career. But um but that 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 kind of era when he had that that championship lull but he was putting up tremendous numbers. Yeah. Like from from two thousand like six to to two thousand thirteen, like he had some years where he was like he had the undefeated season. He had a few MVP years. He broke the touchdown record, but he never won a Super Bowl. Yeah. But also, he was, he was, shout out to Brady. Just plug this in. I think it wasn't this last week, but the week before, he hit a hundred thousand passing yards. Yeah, I think it's something like he's thrown for fifty nine miles. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty crazy stat. Wait, so is that um, like throwing the ball in the air, or does that include like once, like the yards after the catch? You know, to be honest, I'm really not sure. Yeah, I got no clue. I thought maybe you would. Um, but... Yeah. Um, but uh, so I remember that, but there were a lot of stories in that mid mid career phase that like 
Tom Brady was known for like pulling pranks on his teammates. Um, he had oh, a deal fun, that like, not hazing kind of stuff. Not hazing, but it was like I, I, I guess the point I'm trying to make it was like he, truly he was one of the guys. Like it was yeah, these exactly. fun pranks. Like it was one of those things of like I, I forget what it was, but it was 2007 after their undefeated year. It was like 2009 or something. I was watching a documentary about Brady. It's like an ESPN 30 for 30 or whatever, right? Yeah. And uh, one of the players was, they were talking, he goes, you know, typically you don't prank the quarterback. The quarterbacks are special. They're different. Yeah. Um, he goes, but Tom Brady, you would, you would prank him. Yeah. But the only rule was, if you pranked him, he was getting you back better than anyone could. Yeah. And I and think... it was like this this fun nature of like it wasn't oh my god we got to stay away from tom it was almost like a fear of like he's the prank king yeah like it's like let's not prank the quarterback let's it's not like oh let's treat him special we got to treat him special it's like oh if we if we poke the bear we're going to get the best prank of our life yeah and, and i that's think that's what a captain should bring yeah and i was going to say i um through like twitter and instagram you see a lot of posts where People do like comparisons, like they compare uh, one athlete from one league to like one in the other, kind of in the same wavelength. I think the best comparison you can make between two athletes in any pro sports is Tom Brady and Sidney Crosby. Mm. I think that's because they're they're both just natural leaders, born winners. They've you know both got their plenty of championships around them and and MVPs and whatnot. And I've seen clips of Sidney Crosby. Sometimes he'll just be in the locker and be like, hey, I want to have fun. So he goes up to someone's jersey and just uses some sock tape and tapes up their um, one of the armholes on their jersey. So Buddy puts it on and he can't get his hand out because it's all taped yeah. up. Like it's, it's just harmless, fun pranks that helps create um, just a, a good locker room atmosphere. Like I've never heard of a bad locker room. I mean... With the Bucks, like Antonio Brown kind of made it bad, but that's that's a totally different scenario. But between yeah. Brady on the Bucks, the Patriots, and then Sidney Crosby on the Penguins, even when Crosby is uh, captain to Team Canada and you know the Olympics, and whatnot, never heard of of any bad locker room chemistry or any issues going on in there. Yeah, that just comes down well, to if and- you've got your your you know top player, your leader. But he's also just a good dude that makes everyone feel welcome and happy to be there. Like that's that's so hard to find nowadays in 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 professional sports. Exactly, and I think that's what you know they talk about the Belichick method or the Brady method, and kind of back to the original point, like <laughs> the is Kingsbury that <laughs> the Kingsbury method? Is that what keeps a team or a player going for so long? And a stat, like again, no doubt Tom Brady is a special talent, no doubt. But another there story should never be dealt with that from that documentary. Like there's a story of like the rookies on the league, even if you were like the fifth or seventh round pick and you were the third string linebacker. So yeah. you'll never play along Tom Brady. You might not even make the roster. He would still come up to you on the first day and know your name and introduce himself to you as if you didn't know who Tom Brady was. Like, hi, my name's Tom Brady. Great to meet you. Yeah. Not like, hey, it's me, Tom. Well, even like the like so that, that story that when he was attitude. drafted. It was like he went up to 
oh craft and said i'm the Kraft. best decision you've ever yeah made. and like I'm if, tom brady and i'm the best decision you've ever made that's a baller move that's different that's cocky i wouldn't i wouldn't say i would say that's confident no, that's that's confident, confident. Yeah, but that's just a big dog move Did yeah you but, ever but hear that the showed story? But, that, but that showed from day one that he was fully committed to being the best and that he's a good dude though like if he came up and said like oh i'm gonna I'm going to lead this team for years and I'm going to make every team look stupid for not taking me. Like some guys say, I think that's, yeah. that's arrogance. But okay. if you're just having a one-on-one -on -one and you don't even try to, you don't do it out in public. You just do it straight. You and the, the owner and you just let them know that. I think that's just confidence. And yeah, that is, you know I think that is confidence. mighty, that is mighty sexy. I would say. That is. And you know what, to, <laughs> to expand on your point, especially if you're the sixth round pick. Like if you're if you're the yeah. fifth overall first round pick and you go on the best decision you ever made, that coach is gonna go. Well, you fucking better be because you Josh are Rosen. Big pick. Josh Rosen. But you know what I mean. Like if you're in the first round and you say yeah, that, that's what like, Josh yeah. Rosen did. Oh, did he say that? I'm the when best was, decision you've ever made. He was, well, no, but when he was drafted ninth overall, he said like literally in his draft interview, like twenty minutes after he was drafted, he said he's gonna make all those other. Or no, maybe he's tenth overall. But he said, "I'm gonna make all those other GMs look like look stupid for not taking me." Because I think he was like the fifth or sixth quarterback drafted that year. And then he goes on. He's a he's a fucking third stringer. I don't even know. I think he's on the 49ers still. But yeah. So, but to and say so that's that the, the like difference, though. Rounder, yeah. Just calmly be like, "Hey, like picking me in the sixth round, like that's the best decision you've ever made." Because it, yeah. it, it was. There's no doubt. Off. Like it is without a doubt, you cannot potentially tell me that Tom Brady was not the best pick. Like to get that talent at one ninety nine, like that is not the best pick for value ever. Yeah, um, no, that that is the biggest deal in in pro sports history. And I don't. Did think you ever hear the Nate Abner story? No, not to not to shit on him, but it it was a bratty ass move on his part. But he was drafted in like 2013, so well after Tom Brady was established as the greatest. Yeah, right. And Nate Ebner was picked up like late in the final round, like the seventh round, and he was like 210th overall. Was he? I'm assuming quarterback. No. Oh, okay. No, he was. Uh, he he was a really interesting story. The reason I know about him is he was um, he was a rugby player. Okay. And he played, like, technically he was marked as a free safety, but he was a special teams guy. Mm-hmm. And Belichick, like, he, Belichick is always known for having really good special teams. Oh, yeah. So so he, he became a key part on that team. Like, he, he was no slouch, but he ended up, he's no longer with the Patriots, or maybe he retired from football. But anyways, when he was drafted, there was the start of the year, like, team banquet where they had all the rookies. And, you know, Kraft goes up to introduce himself to everyone. And, and I will say, a bratty-ass move on Nate Ebner's part. But he goes up to Nate Ebner and he goes, Mr. Ebner, you know, we're, we're so excited to have you be a part of this organization. Yeah. Right? And Nate Ebner goes, oh, really? You're excited? I was picked 210th. Which is oh, like, why the fuck would you say that to the owner, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I guess without hesitation, Kraft pulls him in. And he goes, okay, then, if it makes you feel any better. Or no, no, it wasn't 210th. It was, it was 190th. Okay. 
He goes, if it makes you feel any better, we selected you nine spots higher than Tom fucking Brady. And you walked off. Damn. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If that's not how you put someone in their place. Yeah. And I, and, but I think, I think that right there, that also probably set expectations for the Patriots locker room. Like that always went in. Like if you were the sixth round pick, it was said like whenever you got, like if, if you got drafted to the Patriots in 2010, and you were the and you were the 199th picker. You were their sixth round pick. Where some people might go, well, like, yeah, I made it to the NFL, but oh man, I'm I'm sixth round. I don't know where I'm gonna fit in on this team. You would go, oh cool, I was picked in the same round as Tom Brady, huh? Yeah, well, I even... have the same potential as Tom Brady on this team. Yeah, literally, and even a comparison over in the NHL. Um, this is just one that that I always just love, but. San Jose drafted Joe Pavelski, seventh round. I think it was 2003. That was a very stacked draft class. And then, argue, you, I mean, some people will argue he's the best player in, in history for that team. Um, but in, in terms, I, I don't agree. I think he was fantastic. But Joe Thornton is clearly the, the best player ever. But the best drafted Sharks player, 100%. A seventh round player, and he goes on. I think he's actually about to hit. I mean, he's on Dallas now, which sucks, but he's about to hit a thousand career points. Just a, a seventh round pick, a kid from fucking Wisconsin, and he's about to hit a thousand points in the NHL. And it, it just comes down to being confident in yourself and having a good work ethic. So, well, and I think beyond that is kind of. All back to the overarching point we made talking about Russell Wilson is, yeah, you know what? You're the best 200. Like, okay, so now we're not even talking quarterbacks. How many hockey players are there in North America? Yeah. A million, do you think? Oh, what, sorry? Let's say, let's say 100,000 hockey players eligible for the draft in, in North America, in the world. Oh, fuck, yeah. Worldwide, yeah, that's tough. I'm not sure. 100,000 maybe? 200,000? Yeah, I think you got to go 200,000. So how many players like globally, are it's got to be um so well, what you got you got 30 no it's no it's way less. Uh cuz you got 7 rounds, 32 picks per round. So that's like two I think there's like 220. Oh, there we go. I was off before. Yeah, so so there we go. So, so let's 224. go 224. So 224 divided by 200,000. So you are in the 0.1%. Yeah. The 0.1% of all hockey players. So it's one of those things where even if you are drafted 200th, you're still in the 0.1%. How far off are you? Like, yeah, maybe yeah, you're you far still, off you from made number it. one. If Connor McDavid was in that draft class, yeah. 200 and number one, yeah, there is a difference because Connor McDavid's a generational talent. Yeah. But let's, let's get out of the first round. So now let's just go second round and beyond. How far off are you? Yeah, maybe yeah. he's a little faster, but you know what? That's all going to even out in a few years. You know, you get older, he gets older. You're going to get stronger. He might have an injury, right? Like, well, at the, at the end of the day, I've said it. It comes down to just the determination and work ethic. I believe every... Every single player that gets drafted to the NHL, I think, has, has, an, has an equally 
okay, maybe maybe not you know the guys in like the top of the first round, but even I would yeah, say from yeah. pick like fifteen in the first round to the very last player picked in the draft, mm-hmm. every single person has a uh, like that's picked has an equal opportunity to to play in the league and and make a name for themselves. At the end of the day, it comes down to how hard, um, how like how hard you work and how badly you want it is really what it comes I, down to. Well, so I, I, I'd like to change that. I disagree slightly. No doubt I think it comes down to that, but I think the biggest thing, or maybe not the biggest, but I think a big thing it comes down to, and this goes back with what we were saying with Russell Wilson, is I think it comes down to how well can you fit in a locker room? Because even if you, like, because I think that work ethic, like, that can get inspired. Like, if you are 200th and you gel into the locker room really well, and there's a guy who is drafted a few rounds higher than you that maybe has a, like, just is able to work a little harder naturally, like, has more stamina. Yeah. But is maybe cockier. If you gel into that locker room sooner, well, you are going to be the guy that the veteran will stay afterwards and just go, hey, j- just come aside. I want to pass with you really quick. Yeah. Like, you'll be the guy that if, if Tom Brady wants to come in early, he needs a receiver. So he's going to say, hey, dude, you know, you, you gel with the team better coming early so I can throw to you. Yeah. Well, now you're getting these reps and you're building this chemistry. So now that's going to show on the field where, you know, yeah, this player might on paper be a better player, but you have better chemistry with your center if you're a winger. Or you yeah. have better chemistry with your quarterback if you're a receiver. And I think sometimes when, you, when the whole league is in that top, point zero one percent whatever like when you all are at that very 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 top i think what separates it is that how well can you gel and i i think oh, yeah. this is proved where yes every quarterback is going to have that growing pain when you're learning a new quarterback and building new chemistry with new teammates no shit but i think we've seen that russell wilson isn't able to gel i don't yeah, think i agree he, he and I think that is what has kept Brady going for so long is the fact that he can walk into a new locker room, rookies can walk into his locker room, and there isn't a big disconnect where where he gels right away and he creates the gel. Yeah, and and, and with I mean, that, we've been stuck um, for the last like thirty minutes here. Well, and with that, obviously, we'd love to, but like to kind of um, just piggyback on that point you're saying, so. In 2005 in the NHL, first overall pick was Sidney Crosby. Mm. The very last pick in that entire draft, 230th overall, um, was Nashville drafted Patrick Hornquist. Just this, this kid out of, out of Sweden. He goes on, he immediately from his rookie year becomes a leader on that Nashville team. Is a great player. He ends up... Um, getting traded in a pretty big trade to Pittsburgh. So then 11 years, like from 2005, when Crosby is the first pick, Hornquist was the last pick in that draft. 11 years later, they're together in Pittsburgh. I think they played some games on the same line, but not overly. But 11 years later, they're on the same team and win back-to-back cups together. Wow. And, and Hornquist played... Not not in the same role as Crosby, but he played a, a huge role on that team because Hornquist is one of those guys that 
You hate to play oh, against. I know that name. He's like, a legit you, player. But like you love him if he was on your team, but you hate him on any other team because he's just such an in-your-face guy, always starting it up, but he's still a great player that can put up points. And it's, it's yeah, it comes down to if you've got the skill to get that. drafted, but you're a good that. dude, like. I never yeah. knew that. So, so we, yeah, so there you go. That shows it right there. And I'm willing to bet if you look up, what's his full name? What's his first name? Um, Patrick, but it's spelled P-A-T-R-I-C. And then Hornquist, H-O-R-N. Oh, yeah, no, I'm letting Google take. Google's taking the reins. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it just goes to show, like... You've you've got to be able to to mesh well with your your teammates and be a good mm-hmm. locker room guy because if you're not a good locker room guy, like, well, I guess I guess going off what we talked about in the clown episode, um, Mitchell Miller was, um, the, the the Boston Bruins have now cut ties with him. Unfortunately, it works out well for Mitch Miller because Boston has to buy him out at the end of the year, so he still makes like a cool like two mil just for free but it came down to he he wasn't going to be welcome in the locker room he was not a good dude and so it doesn't matter if he could have been a fucking because I, I i do believe he has potential to be a top four maybe even a top two defender on some teams in in the league in a couple years but he's a shit dude no one wants to get to know him or anything and then that ultimately keeps him out of the league and so there you go right now. So no doubt, no doubt. And I know we don't want to admit it because he's not a great person, but no doubt he's one of the best defensemen in the world. I, I wouldn't go as far as to say I think he's got the potential to be. But in terms no, of like no, no, a no, prospect, no, I would let's say, expand yeah. this. Like, like maybe not the best number five, but let's say he's probably the best 200 defensemen in the world. Yeah. Like, let's think about that. How many defensemen are there in the NHL? 150? Every team carries about seven, so what's what seven times thirty-two? Seven times two. Well, that's two twenty-four. Wow, two twenty-four again. Yeah. So okay. So then let's say there's. So let's say he's top three hundred defensemen in the entire world. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, th- let that sink in. Let that sink in. The population just hit eight billion. Earlier, I know we're working off rough math. Let's just say there's 200,000 hockey players. Yeah. You're in the top 300. Yeah, exactly. How good do you have to be to be in the top 300? Very damn good. But you don't stand a chance in the locker room. Exactly. And therefore, you're like, that. that's crazy to think. You could be the top 300 in the world. But it, do, it all comes down to how can you exist in that locker room? And can you be beneficial? Yeah. All right, should we hop on to our PGO parlay? We've had great conversation. Not funny conversation, but in-depth conversation. Actually, yeah, no, we've, we, we've been analyzed. We've analyzed all of this. We, we know our shit, sort of. We know our shit. We do. Should we, uh, should we break into a PGO parlay? Do we have any standout games for you this week? Um... Not overly. Like, I think there's a lot of good games, but I wouldn't say there's anything that, you know, is, is like a major standout. Like, I want to say the the Cardinals 49ers game, but there's 
there's so many factors with that game. Um, yeah. Oh, actually, the one thing I did want to talk about, did you watch the... Um, well, I, I know you haven't watched like the Hard Knocks at all, but have you seen the one clip of uh, Buda Baker on the Cardinals in the locker room? No. Oh, I'll have to find it and send to you. So, I, again, it's, it's from the, the Hard Knocks. I don't know what game it's from, but it's him getting very emotional. Like, you, you can hear his voice kind of, like, breaking because he's so emotional. But it was him, like, just getting really upset. I think it was after a loss, I want to say. But he's just talking about oh, and just screaming how he's getting sad and emotional. That'd yeah, how how he like after a win. He was just saying how he like loves loves his team and loves the guys and wants to to win and wants to see this team succeed. And so after week nine, I I believe it was an ankle injury he suffered, and it was said that you know he's there's a zero percent chance he's going to play the next two games. He's at least going to be out for three weeks. He says, no, fuck that. I'm going to play. I'm going to be out there with the boys. Has a phenomenal game against the Rams. And then he actually ends up getting the interception that sealed the game for a Cardinals win. So, but he goes from a 0% chance of playing in that game to he makes the, the play to win the game. So, shout out yeah. to him because I, I love him. Um, yeah. Probably, I mean, I, I'm kind of excited to watch the, the Jets-Patriots game, honestly. Because again, I'm I'm eating my own words because I, I, I think it was this I think it was after week four or five. I said that I thought the Jets were gonna fall off, and I was like, "There's like it." I just can't see this team continuing. But like, they're they're fucking in there, and they're they're banging. And that entire division, the entire AFC East is has um, Miami's leading the division there, and then the three wild card spots are all the other teams in that division. Yeah. Between yeah. the Jets, Bills, and Patriots. Yeah, that's a hot division right now. Massively. And so I think this game could be a huge... Like, this This could really turn the tide of the season for one of these teams. That's you fair. Know, the, yeah. the, the, Jet, the Jets win. It really separates themselves from, from the Patriots. Um, but then if the Patriots win, they're right there. Same record as the Jets, and then they're kind of battling it out. So it's... A lot's on the line for both of them, so I'm excited to to watch that one. Yeah, you know, you you make a good point. That's a that's a highly contested game, and they haven't had that in a while interdivisionally. Usually, when the Patriots play the Jets, it's you know it's always a good divisional rivalry, but the Jets usually aren't there. They haven't been the last few years, and the Patriots yeah. usually are. But this, you know, now the Jets are ranked higher in the standings, and the Patriots are struggling. Like this will be a very exciting one this year. The spread is set at three and a half, but the Patriots are labeled as the favorite. So the Jets are being given a three and a half handicap with the over under at thirty eight. Yeah. Okay. What are your thoughts on that? High scoring game, low scoring game. What are you thinking? I think it's gonna be high scoring. Really? Well, maybe not. I think low scoring. I don't think. Yeah, I'm actually thinking about it now. Yeah. It's my heart to say this. I don't think the Patriots have a high scoring offense. I don't yeah, think no. they do. They don't yeah. have, like, they have a, they have a game managing offense. They, they run a lot. They do a lot of check downs. 
They do a lot of high percentage, low yardage plays. And they get a lot of field goals. They get two touchdowns a game. They are they they manage the game. Yeah. The defense needs to win their games. That's just like since yeah. Brady's left, they haven't been able to win a game on their offense. Like Brady used to go into battles with teams where he would put up fifty two, they would put up forty nine. And Patriots would squeak out a victory, and the defense were taking a nap on the sidelines the whole time, and it was an offensive showdown. Patriots yeah. don't have that ability. I don't think they have the offense. Unfortunately, and I, it breaks my heart to say this, I don't know if they have the quarterback. Yeah. Like, it feels oh, like agree. they have the receivers. It feels like they have the running backs. <sighs> it feels like their O-line isn't letting them down substantially. What are we missing? I think we're missing the quarterback, and that breaks my heart to say because I do love Mac Jones, but I think he's kind of showing to be a a very he he isn't a top five guy, and unfortunately in this league when it's so competitive and it's so good, it's you know I think yeah he's able to gel with the locker room. I think he's he's good, but I don't think he's a a a a generational talent and as fucked up as it sounds i think the nfl is so competitive especially these days you almost need generational talents to win yeah no i i agree with you like i i, I think he's a phenomenal dude i love watching him play but it, there there definitely is the the questions raised of is he that good? and which is so funny. i don't want to i don't want to say he's you know for sure not but i think there, there's some work to do if we're going to say that he is that guy. I think he's got a lot to prove. And, and something I have that's just that, that keeps me up at night, because I remember uh, an analyst came out and said this about Urban Meyer and Alabama quarterbacks. Yeah, Urban. No, shit, sorry. Um, what's what's his, name? his name? What the fuck's his name? Nick, Nick Saban. Saban. Yeah. Um, about Nick Saban and Alabama quarterbacks. Yeah. He goes, they transition the best to the NFL, but have the lowest ceiling. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so the funny thing, he goes, they'll be the best rookie, but long-term, they'll stay where they are. Yeah. They've already peaked. Mm, that's... And, and that's your and Mac it, Jones looked like the, and that's what I worry because it the cream feels of the crop like the from key, that draft, yeah. Well, and and is well, he was with Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and and Zach, Zach Wilson. Wilson, and it feels like the first year he was the best by far out of all of them. He transitioned the best into the NFL. Yeah, well, and he was the but only one feel- to, to make the playoffs. Yeah, but it feels like these guys are slowly creeping up on him now, yeah, and they're slowly yeah. getting settled and getting comfortable yeah. in the NFL. And Trevor Lawrence is doing a little better, and Zach Wilson's coming out here. Justin Fields is like back-to-back big games. Yeah, and it's just kind of like, was this like that prediction to a fucking T? And it it is, it's looking like it is right now. Could change. Like he transitioned the best, but I I just wonder if he doesn't have the same room for growth as some of those other quarterbacks. Like if if he's reached his ceiling. Yeah. No, yeah, I I hear what you're saying for sure. It's tough. It's still lots could change over time, but right now, yeah, it's kind of, 
And he's by no means a bust, but it's just like there's some glaring issues where it's like he struggles with ball security. Yeah. Like you have you need to budget minimum one interception every game. Every game. Yeah. Minimum. Yeah. Well, most times it's two interceptions a game. Like yeah. um, let me just quickly. Sorry, I'm am I breathing right into the mic here? I don't think so. I think you're good. Um, yeah, but with that game, I, I don't even think I would want to touch in terms of the parlay just because I do yeah, think it if, will if, be a low-scoring game, but it, it could go either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so this year... Oh, my God, that can't be good. He's not having a great year. But this year, he's only put up four touchdowns. Yeah. Seven interceptions. Yeah, like, fuck. Now, keep in mind, he was injured for some games. Right? Yeah. So, so that, that, does, that does play into it, but... When you look at that, that's not... That needs to be better. Like, I'm sorry, you can't, you can't have more interceptions than touchdowns. Yeah, no. And be a top quarterback in this league. Yeah, I think we're yeah. staying away from that one. Um, yeah. Eagles and Colts. Eagles are the favorite six and a half going into that game. Um, I I kind of want to just stay away from the Eagles, although you never know. They could be kind of having that pissed off comeback game of like, okay, we lost a game, but now it's kind of time to come back and show who we are. You know, and I mean, the Colts started off bad, but like they're... I don't want to say they're they're getting it together, but they kind of are. And again, yeah, it's one of those things where I think the Eagles should win, but I wouldn't be shocked with a Colts upset. All right, so we'll stay away from that one. This is a tough one. I think a lock I want to put in there is Washington Commanders, three points against the Houston Texans. Commanders are obviously the favorite. Um, I've been watching a lot of a lot of midday sports radio where they're just speculating on speculation, but uh, I think Heineke or the Commanders have a good record against the Texans, or they have a good run defense, and the Texans yeah. are relying on run. Like there's there's something where that three point gimme is feels pretty pretty generous. So I'm taking. Yeah. I'd like to take Commanders with that three points um, yeah. as the first well, pick I'm for our PGO you. parlay. I'm with you. I, I like Browns, that. Pick. Bills, Bills, uh, favorite with seven and a half points. Um, they've they've lost a few. They've had some close games. Um, I know last week they were playing the Vikings, who are an amazing team. Yeah, and yeah. and I want to go back to that game yes. because the Bills could have easily won. And yeah. this is my concern because, you know, I see. I've seen a lot of people. Um, like saying like, oh, is is Josh Allen like the best quarterback in the entire NFL right now? Like, has he surpassed Patrick Mahomes? The answer is no. It's like mm-hmm. it's it's not. It shouldn't even be a debate in my mind. So Josh Allen currently has twenty touchdowns on the season on the season for like like passing touchdowns. But he also leads the league with ten interceptions. Yeah. I would also say the game only went to overtime because Josh Allen he is the only quarterback since, I think they said since 2018, to fumble the ball on his own one-yard line. 
He's done it twice. He did it in 2019, I believe it was, and then he did it just this last week when the Bills should have won the game. But then he fumbles it, and the Bills or the the Vikings get a touchdown, and um, then the game ends up going to overtime. He was the first quarterback since 2018 to do this. He's the only quarterback since 2018 to do this. Yeah. Okay. Shut the fuck up. That's a nothing stat. This is a rant we're gonna go on, Brandon. Hey, he he, all he had to do. They could have ran it. He 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 didn't didn't have to try and do something like that. I get that. I get that. But just hear me out. I'm so sick of these first since, unless it was 50 years ago, that's not a stat. Like, I heard one, it's like, it's the first receiver to do this since 2015. And it's like, that's great, but that, okay, that was only seven years ago. That's not that long. No, it's not my point of him being the first dude, but it's the fact that he's, he's done it twice, and he's the only guy. And that, both no, times, he, he lost the ball and the other team scored. Yeah, Which no, he he didn't have to to do that there. They they could have had the game easily won. But um. Anyways, yeah. So, have but now Brandon, the question is the like, are the bills? Post? No. Did you not see what I sent you on Instagram the other day from the Buffalo Bills social media team? No. Oh my God, Brandon! It was painful to watch. I mean, the Bills media team has been putting out some... They put out some fire content, but then they just throw out some garbage shit. Dude, so which, which one was it on? Which level? Was it the fire or the garbage? Oh, a beautiful in-between. Okay. Um, I'll resend it to you. It's buried up there. It's, it's tough. It's tough. It's, it's tough. Sorry, I was just looking at it. Um, but yeah, no. So, so what you talk. All right, I'll I'll chat for a while then. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm wanting to stay away from them, especially when they're going on a seven and a half, or when they're taking on seven and a half points. I just think that's a lot of points. Um, to take on for a team that's been struggling, well, not struggling, but just had some very tight games. Um, fuck did I just watch? I know, right? It's Holy a tough. God. It's a tough, right? Uh, that's a weird one, right? That's a weird one. That's a um, weird. we'll repost it on PGO. It's uh, it's a tough week for betting though this week. I'm it there's is. a lot of games. I'm just I'm not sure about like Cowboys and uh, Vikings. That's gonna be a tight one. Um, oh, Bengals speaking, Steelers. Speaking of the Vikings, did you watch Justin Jefferson's catch he made in the fourth quarter? Yeah. Oh my God. How are people comparing that to Odell's? That's what uh, I want to well, know. How are people made making a... that comparison? Because it's not even well, close. He made two spectacular catches in the game. Yeah, I'm talking about the one where, like, the, the quote-unquote one-handed one. Well, I saw two. He made one one-handed one midfield, and then the picture you had posted that was comparing the two... That wasn't the one-handed one. That was another one where he just basically mossed a dude. No, the the one-handed one that was out on the like on the the sidelines almost. That's not another one that was like midfield. Oh, you know, you don't know the one on the but the one everyone's saying. Oh, it's like the greatest yeah. catch potentially ever in football. No, it's it's not no, even close. Edelman like sure, it was a great play. Catch. But the but the ball was caught by the Bills player too. 
I don't think Jefferson by himself had that catch, but the Bills players there. Oh, you know, that's the Bills fair. player had both hands around the ball. Jefferson just had the nice angle there with his hand curled up to rip it down and gain control of it. But it was without the Bills player there, it would have. I don't think he would have made that catch. No, fair enough. So I'm still on the Odell train. Odell and hopefully going to the Cowboys. To be fair to Odell, he was getting pass interfered the fuck out of on oh, that catch. And that, that was like a lot of people's reason, argument. Like, was like, that was mass. And it was also a, a, a tug. He got a tutty out of it. Well, Odell's two-handed catch should have been a one-handed catch, but the guy was holding his other hand. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like so it was, was just even like, a spectacular he was just like, move I'm just on gonna a get it. throw. It was just like, it was an egregious penalty, and Odell was like, no yeah. matter. Um, yeah, no, I think he belongs on the Cowboys, though, um, because I think I that like matches the Cowboys' business model of not making a cohesive team, but Jerry Jones just spending huge money on big market players that can lead the league in jersey sales, so they have an increasingly large revenue income source. Yeah. And yeah. the Dallas Cowboys are one of the highest earning teams, but they'll never actually win a championship because they only get name players. I wouldn't. I think Odell's actually not not only all the reasons, but I do think he is actually a solid fit into that team, especially with what they're looking for. Um, especially just True. with the Cowboys when they they lose. Um, I say lose. I know they traded him, but they they kind of felt forced to. But they got rid of Amari Cooper. And now it's really just C.D. Lamb there. True. And so if you no, bring in a guy sure. like Odell to kind of run a, run a one-two tandem with Lamb, I think would be huge for the Cowboys as well. On top of all the Jerry Jones money stuff, which is all very good points yeah. as well. Yeah, I think it's huge, no doubt. But yeah, I think if you look at the way that Cowboys team has been ran, like you think about players like Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott, like they have always led the league in jersey sales. That yeah. team is built and operated for high, like, like what is it? Mike, I think CD Lamb's like, up there the, now as well. Oh, true, but um, I think um, no, Tavon Diggs, he is the perfect example of Cowboys football. Yeah, leads the league in interceptions, but he also leads the league in yards given up yards given up after so he he leads the league in the fancy place so you watch you can watch the Tavon Diggs interception highlight reel and buy the jersey and they yeah. will never win a championship but that team probably brings in 20 million dollars a year which covers his contract just on his jersey sales alone yeah yeah exactly um I got another Cardinals one are that. the underdog Hardly. is Kyler Murray back that's a thing. So that's why I don't want to touch that game because um, Byron Murphy, the, the cornerback one, he's questionable. And then the Cardinals could get Hollywood Brown and Murray back. But they're, they're both practicing right now. Um, Brown has been activated off the injured reserve, but it's, it's not for sure whether either of them will play. Plus, Zach Ertz is also out for the season now, so... So, so that game's tough Brandon, because it, it, if, if Murray and Brown don't play, I think it's a 49ers win. But, like, the Cardinals have had the 49ers number the last couple of years as well, so. God damn it, Brandon. I'm going to say something that could be taken as blasphemous. Hmm. I think we're going to do a money line parlay this week. Just money line? 
I say we take Ravens over the Panthers. That's an easy win. Easy, yeah. I, yeah, I already had that I, one picked for us. I think Eagles straight up over the Colts. I think they can win that game. I think they'll want the FU revenge game, but I don't know if they can cover six and a half. Okay, so we're going with Washington, Ravens, Eagles. Oh, well, yeah. Um, I do think the Giants should be able to beat the Lions, but the bookies have that really close because Sparkly's out, so I'm going to stay away from that. Yeah. I would like to do, and this is a, an underdog bet here, I'm going the Chicago Bears over the Falcons. Okay. Then, I like, if we're doing I like that, the then we should take the points because the they're getting three points here. Okay. Um, okay, and we are taking commanders to cover three. I think they can cover yeah. three. I think we got um, it. Just throw Bill's money line on there over the Browns. Bill's straight up. Okay. Like easy. I like Bengals over the Steelers as well. Bengals straight up. I don't know yeah, if they yeah. can cover three and a half. I just no. Man, I just like them. Just, I just think money line. so inconsistent. Well, actually, no. Hold up. But the apparently, Bengals Jamar Chase is going to be back allegedly. Allegedly, but but remember the Steelers, they can get to the quarterback, especially with TJ Watt. Like they have a. Oh, I don't know. Oh wait, no shit. Yeah, he is. Never mind. Yeah. You know, I, I would like to stay away from that one because I just I wonder if they're able. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Especially if Jamar Chase is questionable, if they're able to get to Burrow, like. Yeah. No, you the good point. That. And that Steelers defense, they can get to guys. Yeah. So what what do we got okay, right so now? We, we got a small parlay this week. It's um we got Commanders with three or taking on three points. We got Ravens straight up, Eagles straight up, Bears with a three three point handicap, and then Bills straight up. I, I would. Do you feel comfortable the Sunday night game Chiefs over the Chargers? Yeah, I'm confident that the Chiefs got that one. Yeah, you know, actually, I am too. And then, the, yeah, the Monday night game. I, there's so many just questionable players for it that could completely change the course of the game. So, yeah, yeah, I don't right. want to. I don't want to touch that one either. Don't want to touch it. I'm with you. So, we got Bills, Cowboys are the Bears, favorite over the Vikings. Eagles, Ravens, Commanders. I like that. Chiefs. All right. Which team will, will be the one in. to fold and make us lose? Who's going to blow this parlay for us? And then I just think for the hell of it, I have a dollar left here. Let's head on over to CFL. And I wait, before I move game. on. Does this conclude our uh, NFL? Yeah, I think so. I don't really got much much else on it. Perfect. We have an awful long um, episode this week, so. Perfect. Makes up for lost time. I think, yeah, no, we've been going for at least over an hour so far, so. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, it's going to be a long Sunday. one. On to CFL then. The Grey Cup, 109th Grey Cup in uh, beautiful Regina, Saskatchewan. Mosaic Stadium, the Toronto Argonauts taking on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, Big game. Winni- Blue Winnipeg's, Bombers are the favorite. Yeah, Winnipeg's going for their third consecutive Grey Cup. They other side, the Toronto Argonauts, they they got Andrew Harris from Winnipeg over the offseason, and uh, yep. he's going for three in a row as well. Exactly. 
been hearing a lot about that. And and he says, you know, it's it's a big game for him for sure. Yeah. Um although if uh the Blue Bombers had not won, he had actually played previously with the other team and won a cup with them. Yeah. So either way he had some history, but yeah, no, definitely it will uh, be an emotional game for him. Um the Blue Bombers quarterback uh, was seen at practice, I think, the other day, active and back. Yeah, it sounds like Kolaris will, he will end up playing. He will end up playing. So yeah. how are we feeling about this going in? Uh, Bombers Tough, are giving, are, are taking on five points. Tough. It's the Great Cup. It's one game where we got to do it with the spread here. We can't take a straight up game. Here we can. No, we can't. It's tough for me because I really, really, really want Toronto to win. But I think Winnipeg's going to three-peat. Yeah? It's, and I don't want to see it happen. I don't. I'm so, so fucking sick of Winnipeg. When, Winnipeg's, it's not even close. They're the best team in the league. Like, yeah. Their offense runs so smoothly. They've got a great defense that can easily get takeaways when needed. Like They, they are a... a, a team like all around they don't have oh, yeah, much yeah. weaknesses that's fair you run kind of two issues right like when you're going for the three peat all the other teams have the most film on you they've been preparing for you for the longest everyone's been working on a game plan to beat you that is true but in a eight team league how much parity is there sometimes nine nine teams nine teams but you know what I mean, though. Yeah. In the no, I, league, no, they're, they're I, I agree. Parity sometimes. Yeah. Um, is them losing Harris that big of a detriment? If Winnipeg, if Kolaris doesn't play for Winnipeg, you mean? Oh, oh, so, oh, oh, losing Andrew Harris. No, because Andrew Harris, he was so. He was so dominant for Winnipeg, but they've they've still managed just completely fine without him. They've they've made it work with the other guys they've gotten who have stepped up. Um, Does do the Argonauts have a Cinderella story on their side? Like, could this? I, I be want a, them to. The I want them to so bad. Do you think they can? I think I think without a doubt they can. Okay. Um, that's all I need, Brandon. That's all I needed to hear. We'll take him with plus five. Yeah. Because, like, either way, I'm rooting for him, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put what I have on Toronto because I, I do not want Winnipeg yeah. to win. Fuck that. And there you go. And then, and then we'll be cheering for a bet to come through. And I, and I think it, and, and it, it, it'll be a close no. game. It'll be a close game. Like, it, it's not going to be a blowout one way or the other. Like, it's, it's going to be a... It's going to be a dog fight. But because Toronto's got that defense as well, they they can hit those big takeaways. Toronto's they also got Banks from from Hamilton last year, who went to the Grey Cup. So Banks is looking for a little redemption, and he's a, a player that can use his skill to really take over. So it's gonna be close. But I I do and and what so far in my CFL picks in the plus, I'm I'm three and one. So. I'm going to be above 500% either way, so. Yeah, let's ride, the, let's ride the Toronto train. 
not very often I cheer for a team from Toronto, so. Fair enough. Um, other big CFL news kind of got got three three big ones here. So, BC Lions quarterback Nathan Rourke, who's Canadian-born, might add, Canadian-born quarterback. Um, so he won like the the most outstanding player, kind of like the MVP type of thing for the the league. Okay. Um, so good on him there. Um, and oh, nice. he's um... he's actually now going to be trying out with some NFL teams coming up. Oh, fun! He, he wants to to take a shot at at the NFL here. So wish him the best of luck there. I think he's a phenomenal. Um, talent. Don't know if he'll ever be a starter, but I think he could be a, a really solid backup option. Um, but so I, I'm um, it's exciting to see what uh, what he can can do given the opportunity. So the CFL awards were a few nights ago, correct? Yeah. And I think it was the Blue Bombers or Argonauts head coach actually had the iPad with him at the awards and was watching film. Oh fuck. Okay, I love that. I bet it's Toronto. Here, let me let me look it up. Um, that's interesting. No, I I didn't I didn't hear about that. I, I saw like all the awards and and whatnot, but I didn't uh, I didn't hear anything. Um, on that one. But I I'm very looking forward to. It. I think this is a matchup where these two teams, you know, complement each other so well in. Being able to like they're they're strong at capitalizing on on opportunities and weaknesses that the other team show throughout the games. Um, so I'm excited to see. I think. I mean, Maybe Winnipeg. If Winnipeg does their thing, they've they they've got it. But yeah, I think Toronto does have as good of an opportunity if. If they if they just do their thing and and trust in their process and not try to over, um, like overcompensate by trying to do too yeah, much. Yeah, you know, I think that's um that that is the key. I think no doubt to beat those dynasty teams, you need a bit of luck. Like we we saw this whenever a team would beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Like they always did have that one big play, right? Philadelphia had yeah. the Philly Philly. The Giants had the helmet catch. Like you do need one of those big plays, but you can't yeah. force it. That play has to almost come naturally. That has to yeah. That has to fall into your lap. That can't be something you're going in with the mindset of we're gonna run something on them. Yeah, exactly. You just they just got to go out there and do their thing, and they've they've got they've got they've got a chance. Yeah. Yeah. And also right, the fact we hop that into a little clown report. Oh, oh, I was just gonna say. Also, um, I think the Grey Cup is in Regina, and Winnipeg is not like there. And so I see a lot of Ryder fans bought tickets like right away, and then a lot of them have actually held on to. So mm. there is gonna be, you know, there is gonna be a good blend of Toronto and Winnipeg fans there, but there's just gonna be a lot of, you know. In, in terms of game, casual fans, because they are Ryder fans, but they're going to be cheering yeah. for Toronto because they fucking hate Winnipeg. So it's, yeah, it's gonna, I think it's going to be kind of like, like home field advantage for Toronto, exactly. Wow, that will be cool. Um, um, the, other, the other thing I want to say, so Calgary officially parted ways with Bo Levi Mitchell trading him off to Hamilton. 
I saw so, that. They, and the, the end of an those. era there in um, in Calgary. It's going to be different there. But the big thing, I don't know if you heard about this. Have you heard what Tom Brady said lately? No. Did he say something that he's been banging big booty Latino women in Miami? Probably. Probably something like that. But Tom Brady has actually said when he's done with his um, career and his journey in the NFL, he wants to go play in the CFL. What? He wants, and this is an exact quote from, from Brady here. He said, I'm hoping I can go play in the CFL at some point and really see what I can make of myself up there because things have gone pretty well outside the country. And this was in reference to him now um, after their win in Germany over the, the Seahawks with the Bucks. Because I think he's like four okay. and old. In he was joking. He was joking. No, because he's the first quarterback no. to ever win in four countries. So he was. So he was saying, "Well, now we'll go up to Canada." No, he, he wants to go play there. He said multiple times in that interview that when he's done in the NFL, he he would like to go there, and because he wants to continue playing, he doesn't. He's made it clear he doesn't. I mean, fuck, he lost his his marriage over not wanting to retire. So, will, will it happen or not? Who knows? But I think that's something interesting to look forward to in 10, 15 years when he's done in the NFL, give or take. My, my um, only hope is, I, I hope that he goes over there quick enough where he just dominates unrelentlessly for two years. Love, and retires. I would love to see that, though. I think that would be so but sick like, to see him the CFL. But, I would worry if he doesn't go over there until he's like 60. And it's just yeah. like anytime a defender gets close to him, he just takes a knee. And that's so crazy, the fact that we talk about the fact that he literally could be playing the CFL when he's 60. I don't doubt it. Like, he's, he's that dude. Um, he's that guy. Yeah. Good on him to beat steroid allegations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm kidding. That's ridiculous. Why would I say that? All right, so... Um, um, just before we hop with the now, clown report... Sure. Got some hockey talk. Ooh, to be honest, I don't have much for the clown report this week, so we can, I, I don't uh, really either. We really went heavy last week, so... Yeah, so should we wrap it up uh, on the hockey talk? I think so, yeah. I, like, I'm just trying to think of like a two hour any clowns, so. but I just can't really think of any clowns off the top of my head that I'm like, man, like, let's just ream into them. Type of thing, you know. All right, Come but on. um, and then it's just only only really two big things, like you know, every everything's still just kind of going nothing. Um, again, like not nothing major and crazy, but New Jersey Devils are currently on an eleven game win streak right now. Oh wow! Um. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After their win today, sorry. Yeah, they are. Uh, yeah, eleven wins in a row for them. So wow. good on them there. And then yeah. an NHL record was has actually been broken this year already. Um, Matthew Barzell on the the New York Islanders set uh, an NHL record. What is it here? Um, it's like most assists um like put up in a season before scoring a goal 
So throughout 18 games right now, he's currently sitting at 19 assists and zero goals. Wow. But and and the it's about Mr. Team player. He's had so and the thing is is he's, he could easily have six, seven, eight goals. He's hit like he's got 47 shots in the season, but he's hit so many posts or a goalie oh. makes just an incredible save to Rob. Like he's had every opportunity to score, but it just fucking nothing's going. But now he's but now he's got an, an NHL record there. So there you go. Got him from there. Um I'm a huge San Jose fan, so I'm just going to say Eric Carlson. Currently tied for second in the league in points with Drysada only behind McDavid. And he's doing that as a defenseman on a, a bottom five team in the league. So, oh, yeah. That's, that's exciting stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of a rundown. Like, New Jersey's still after that. Uh, on their big win streak, they're still uh, second in the league. Boston Bruins are, are number one, 15 and two. Holy shit. Good on them. A plus 33 goal differential. Whoa. So what's, what's their X factor this year? Well, I was going to say they're on a five game win streak. Should be on more. They lost that game at Toronto, signing all the, the Mitchell Miller controversy. Um, That's a ridiculous but, differential, though. But I, I mean, I think a big part of it, like, not only are there, you know, they're, um, like, they're, they're, they're by committee almost. Like, David Pasternak, 26 points in 17 games. Hampus Lindholm on the blue line, actually, with, with Charlie McAvoy being out, has really excelled. He's got 18 points in 17 games. And from that, you got multiple guys in the double digits and points. Like, everyone's just doing their job. And then... Oh, Mark in the net. He's 12-1. and one. He's got a 9.37 save percentage of 1.89 goals against. So when Allmark's playing in net, he's, on average, he's allowing under two goals against per game. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, like, like, not only are they leading the league in goals for, but they're second in the league in goals against. So, like, it's not just... Are they, they not are first in goals against? Balanced. No, Winnipeg. Um, they have one less. 35, oh, but sure, they've also sure played they yeah. um, less games. Two less games. Two less games, yeah. So, like, realistically, it's fair to say Boston's got number one in goals for, and they're, they're the best in goals against. Because after yeah. Winnipeg, if, if you average that out, then... Yeah. But, like, that's, that's insane. So, what's that? So, they've played 17 games, so... Um, 69 divided. So, they're averaging four goals, four wow. per game. And then they're averaging just a little bit over two goals. So they're, they're doubling their opponents in goals on average per game. Wow, that's incredible. And I did not think they were going to be a good team this year. I thought they're going to, you know, be kind of a, a bubble team that just barely squeaks in the playoffs. But like 15-2 and two and no sign of slowing down for them. So mm-hmm. I can, good, good on them there. That's, that's impressive. Mm-hmm. And and you know sometimes it gets shied away, but they're done twenty percent of their season. Yeah. Yeah. And so the question is how you know how well can they can they continue it throughout the year? But I think they've they've. I mean, obviously, you know, every, every team is going to go on a, a little bit of a skid where you lose three or four in a row, or whatever. But 
when you set yourself up at 15 and when you set yourself up at 15 and two to start the season, you give yourself that little bit of room going in the season where, okay, if we, we have that little lull where we lose three, it's okay. Whereas if you're a team right now where you're, you know, eight and nine, nine and eight, 10 and seven, whatnot, later Mm -hmm. on the year, you can't really afford to have those little slumps because you didn't set yourself up into such a strong position to start the year off. And so that's going to pay dividends for, for Boston um, in, in the future of this season here. Yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. You, you, you maintain that always. Yeah. Uh, that, that was really all, all the kind of big stuff, like everything else, you know, nothing, no like crazy trades, a lot, lot of trade rumors, but there's no, um, there's no merit to, to any of them. Um, not, nothing crazy, like no one. Yeah, like yeah, it, it, you know, just just going as you'd expect. Just guys being dudes out there having a blast right now. Guys being dudes. Um, Kyrie announced he was retiring. Now it's not. He's retiring, and I guess the rest of the team doesn't know when he's going to be done his suspension. Kevin Durant wants to be traded, and that's all the basketball news I know. Yeah. So I I I believe I sent you um the the thing. Um, of all like the different things that the the net set out that um, Kyrie had to do before he could return, mm-hmm. like a fucking lot. Like they're making yeah, a, a full on like, but you know what? And that, and that's fair. Like, um, should we keep up with our weekly tradition though? Hmm. Which one? Check in on AB's Twitter. Probably should. Probably a safe idea. Oh, okay. Oh, which so this, hairstyle this a, are you? This was a fun little uh, debate I saw. Because this is one of those things that, you know, just the most randomest shit blows up on Twitter to get people arguing. Like the whole thing of the cup, like, it's probably like eight years ago, but like the, the dress, like what color it was, and then the mm-hmm. Yanni lore, like what year. So this is one I got because it involves fighting, and we love fights. We love to fight. Okay. So... This is one that's got people just like fuming over Twitter, arguing about their takes. So who who do you think would win in this fight? All right. So you see in the movie Stuart Little, like the little mouse, right? Mm-hmm. So do you think he would win in a fight, or do you think that that the I can't remember his name, um, the rat from Ratatouille. Remy. Remy obviously oh, would Re- win. Remy's I've seen this before. Remy's a street rat. Stuart Little was born up into a nice middle class neighborhood, and he was adopted. Remy was a street rat. He would stab. See, that's, and that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm so mind blown that like people make the argument, yeah, Stuart Little like made his own plane and yada yada yada. Who gives a fuck? Mm-hmm. That doesn't that yeah. doesn't matter. You put a rat up against a mouse, like it's it's donezo for for the little mouse Dunzo. there. He's got no chance. All right, I just put up AB's None. most recent tweet on the PGO Instagram. Dude, he's is his profile picture literally still Kyrie Irving? Oh yeah, but check out what his most recent tweet was. Put put it an hour ago too. Oh, I just was just on Twitter. I just saw this. Um, tonight's Derek Lewis fight main event fight has been canceled due to a medical issue with Derek Lewis. Oh shit, that's tough. That's unfortunate. Yeah. I just saw that because I was kind of looking forward to actually seeing that. Uh, that fight, but speaking of which, did you watch the fights last week? 
I did not. I heard they no. were good though. They were. I've been, they you were know, honestly, dude, I've been uh, been slacking. I, I have quite the busy schedule. Well, You're a busy no. man. You're a busy man. Should just because it's at the end of the episode, should we plug some things? Yeah. Hey, got you it. know, I'll just say this. I um, so I'm in a play this weekend. I'm uh, I'm in the I'm the lead in a play. Um, as some of the Ooh, listeners woo. may know. I do acting and primarily stand-up comedy on the side, but uh, have been kind of parlaying myself into some acting and uh, was incredibly fortunate to um, book a uh, book a role in a play. Yeah. And so I would say that, you, okay, you earned it. You earned it. <laughs> you went out there and swept um, the competition. <laughs> Don't sell yourself uh, short but... there, big stuff. <laughs> I heard you look um, pretty, but... pretty good in those tights, though. I have not sent you a picture. I'm in a suit. It's nice. I'll send you a picture tonight. Little, um, you in tights? A little but, sneak peek um, of what's to come on the, the PGO OnlyFans one day? Hell yeah. We should do a PGO ah. live show. See, um, we can't do an OnlyFans because then we just be robbing people like Anna Kane does. So, No, we would, we would go full dick. Um, anyways. <laughs> no, her OnlyFans sucks. Anyways. Um, I think it should be explained. Um, the reason we've been kind of struggling the past uh, month, um, I know we have put up uh, YouTube and we've expanded on YouTube and TikTok, but we haven't been able to do any of that consistently or get um, as many episodes as we'd like out. Um, I apologize for that. It's It's been this play. Um, well, I've and, had a lot going on the last last couple weeks as well. Like I, I haven't really sure. been invested in creating content mm-hmm. on those other platforms and whatnot so it's not and, it's not just and, it goes both ways oh i appreciate it and and stand up um but so so i guess what i'm getting at is uh today is today is the second day yesterday was opening night and uh tomorrow's closing night it's a three three night production three night run so um there, there'll be some more time on my hands soon and and i'm uh switching over jobs um and I'm adjusting my my work schedule to allow more time, as as stand up recently has been uh, proving to um, be a little more successful than it was in the last little bit. Yeah, for sure. But for sure. but so yeah, so we hope that means um, kind of come Monday here, we're going to be putting out a lot more content and uh, yeah, and we got we got lots guys. of stuff to look forward to. I think we're going to really. Um... At least, I, I, I want to say I'm speaking for both of us, but I think we're, we are going to be mm. focused in a lot, or paying attention on the World Cup so we can bring some some good content to the table for that. 100%, um, and I think you're going to see some video coming up soon, and, and more more clips on YouTube, more short things on TikTok, more Twitters, more Instagrams. Yeah. You're, you're going to see us every, anywhere you want to see us, you'll be able to see us, and that's our goal. Yeah, and I know... I, and I know I talked to you about this before, but I know a lot of our listeners really enjoyed the, um, that just full hockey episode we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and just really down into that. So good news for them because um, I, I haven't really talked to you much about it yet, but I, I, th- I think I can speak for both of us. We do have a lot of big stuff planned coming up for when the, uh, the World Juniors s- starts up in almost a month's time. That's going to be very exciting stuff to to there. Actually, also just before, just on the topic of hockey, actually, the um, IIHF decided to postpone the 
the World Cup of Hockey, very similar to the World Cup of Soccer that's happening right now. It was supposed mm. to be in February of 2024, but they're actually moving it to February of 2025 now. Okay. And that is largely due to the fact that um, due to, to, to all the, the stuff that's happening over in Russia, Russia's mm. been or the battle between Russia and Ukraine. Russia was banned for four years from all IIHF um, mm. in international uh, hockey, um, you know, stuff. So that's was the main reason why they postponed the World Cup year is because they they did want Russia to be a part of a part of it because you just wouldn't feel the same without them. So that's that was their their driving factor behind moving it back a year. Interesting. Yeah, so just um, looking at that. But so we do have some big stuff coming up for the for the World Juniors. Um, should I just talk recklessly? Fuck it, why not? Right? What's stopping us from going to hell? What's stopping us from going to Halifax? Going to Halifax? That's where the World Juniors is this year. Oh, fuck it is. That's right. Why don't we just go to Halifax? Uh, okay, okay. So that, 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 that idea is on the table. Because that, that actually sounds kind of sick. That'd be tough to pull off. But I, I think... Um, but, but to Brandon's point, I think we got a lot more hockey content coming. I think we got some video content coming, a lot more clips and short Lots, of, lots of video coming. content coming. Um, we, Both we, PG we and X-rated. Hell yeah. Um, so yeah, so quickly I'll do um, some shameless self-promotion here, if that's all right, Brandon. Oh, give her. Um, if you're in the Edmonton-Beaumont area, not too late to get tickets to the play. Um tonight and well probably too late for tonight but sunday night sunday the the november 20th not too late still get tickets um tickets are available at ruminary live um arts.com uh in beaumont alberta and then next weekend i'm on the road doing some road dates um november 24th the thursday i'm in saskatoon i believe uh and then we got some small town shows on the friday and saturday those are sold out but um, I'll be opening for the hilarious Mike Dambra in Saskatoon uh, that weekend. There are still tickets available for that. Get out and buy those up. Um, and then from the 6th to the 10th, I'm going to be up in northern Alberta, Fort Mac, Peace River, um, and a few other places opening for the hilarious Tommy Meller. So look uh, look forward for tickets for that. And if you are in those areas, be sure to come out to some of those shows. Um, as far as PGO goes, be sure to get us on the Instagram at PGO Show. Find us on TikTok at Post Game Overtime or at PGO Show as well. Um, we be posting a lot on there. Hop yep. on YouTube to find us over there at, I believe it's Post Game Overtime. Yeah. Uh, yep, Post Game Overtime. Um, post Game is one word. And what is Twitter? PG Overtime? Yeah, Twitter is just the letter PG and then the word Overtime. Exactly. Awesome. And, and if you like the content you're listening to, feel free to, to share it to a friend. Um, you know, we're always trying to grow this more. We're trying to get more engaged with, with sports fans around the world. And uh, 
Yeah, just kind of having a good time getting to know you guys and um yeah. And yeah. we we've said this a million times before. I think, you know, if you love like we 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 heard that you like some people positively received the NHL episode. So, what are we going to do? We're going to do more hockey content. We are not a sports analytics podcast. We are a comedy podcast focused around sports. Just here to have a so, fucking good time and swing dick. Exactly. So we're going to cover the sports you guys want to hear and cover it with a comedic take. We're not here to analyze the save percentages of your favorite soccer goalie. We're here to have some jokes with the World Cup. We're here to have some jokes joke. with We're here to joke about what drugs are they on to why they're putting up those good numbers. Exactly. So allegedly so, taking drugs. Allegedly. Christian McCaffrey. Allegedly. Um, allegedly. Yeah. Wait, did you see that? Allegedly. Oh, okay. I actually want to talk about that. Did you see that where um, it was like, so the San Francisco 49ers, so it was the Golden State Warriors game in that area. Um, Christian McCaffrey, Jimmy Garoppolo, and George Kittle were, were all sitting like courtside at a game. And all these like cheerleaders and people are coming up and like, Oh, they, just wanted, the they just want to shake hands with, like, Jimmy G. And then George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey's just sitting there like, all right, fuck me. Like, no one recognized him. No, it's not that no one recognized him. It's that those cheerleaders, they follow models. You know what I mean? Dude, Royce McGee. How could you not no, want to no, shake his hand? I'm going Allegedly, to tell you why, Brandon. Allegedly. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. Because those women, they probably know who the top models are, right? True. Jimmy G, is McGee, Jimmy G is a free agent. Royds McGee is locked up by Olivia Culpo. She's Absolutely. top dog. Yeah, she, she but she bounced <laughs> from dog. Tim Tebow. Bro, she bounced from Tim Tebow to to Danny Amendola, won some rings with him, and then picked up Christian McCaffrey when he was fresh off the first overall pick. She just picked him so, up as a fucking free agent. Exactly. So she knows how to handle business. Hey, you know, good honor. So yeah, that's why all the women were afraid to talk to her because, or to him, because they knew that she'd be coming after them. Yeah, you know, it checks out. All right, but yeah, so we'll be covering more XFL, more NHL. Um, but yeah, if there's anything you want to hear us talking about, drop us a line, share this with a friend. Um, Eventually, um, we would love to and maybe if, do some PGO um, live episodes, some live streams, yeah, maybe some yeah. true live episodes, right? Yeah. Um, so, so always be uh, t- tell us what you want to hear from us, and uh, we want to be and, there. Yeah, and if you're if you're listening, you know, before the Great Cup game starts, hit us up on Instagram, hit us up on Twitter. Just let us know what your thoughts are in the game. You know, maybe yeah, something prediction, maybe something we miss exactly your prediction. You know. Kind of, and or even if, or just what side are you on? Who are you cheering for? Um, because yeah, because you, you know, only watch the game with big, family, Brandon. Um, I'm not currently sure what my plans are for it, but I will figure something out, and I will make sure if that not, I'm in a way where we I could can, always do uh, a PGO live. Oh, well, that's true. Someone could look into. I'll be around in the hotel tomorrow. Well, we'll we'll figure something out. I'm sure. But anyways, yeah. If if any of you want, just even just letting us know your prediction or whatnot. It's just just to get us engaged with you guys and uh, yeah. hear some outside opinions. Yeah, let us know who you are. You know who we are, and we'd love to know who you are. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Is that is that our uh, final note of the episode? I think so. Yeah. 
Hey, thank you so much for listening, guys. We've had a Been terrific a time, and we hope you've had a good time, too. This has been a doozy of an episode. Oh, yeah. It's a two-hour. Oh, yeah. It's going to be damn oh. close. It's going to be damn close. All right, well, guys, thank someone you. Something to do on the Saturday night, Sunday morning. They're watching some good old football. Just listen to us just having a good time. Just guys being dudes out here. Just guys being dudes. Guys being That's all dudes. you can ask for. That's all you can ask Bro's for. Bro's hanging out. And hey, Brandon's right. That's all you can ask for. And if you ask for any more, um, we will dox you. Yeah. yeah. But we'll do the smile. <laughs> As always. All right. Guys, thanks so much for listening. Um, please tune in next time.